Welcome to Eve's Corner. Eve's Corner is a show of encouragement, enlightenment, and empowerment. And we definitely do thank God for your joining on today. Our subject for today is hang in there. We'll be coming from the book of Luke, the fifth chapter. For those of you who want to follow in your Bibles, again, that's the book of Luke, the fifth chapter. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, God, for our many blessings. We thank you, God, for watching over us and keeping us. Lord, we pray right now that you be in our midst on today, God. Touch everyone who is connected to this show. Touch every listener, God. Give them what they need, God. Lift up, bow down heads, God. We pray right now that you encourage their hearts on today. Touch those who may be discouraged, God. Touch those who may be sick in their bodies, God. Touch those who need a mind regulator, God. Let them know that you are all that they need in every situation for every circumstance. And God, we pray that you bring this word forth with clarity and understanding, oh God. Help us to get an understanding of your word, God, so we may hide the word in our hearts. We might not sin against thee. Help us to get an understanding of your word, God, so that we can grow in you. Help us to get an understanding of your word, God, so that we can be a light and an example to someone else. And God, we count all of these blessings done by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey Amen. I do want to let you know that on today, we do have a special guest in the house. Some of you have heard about him. Some of you have met him. Um, I do want you to know that he is my significant other, Mr. Marvin Jackson. Good morning, Mr. Jackson. Good morning. Thank you for being on the show today. So Mr. Jackson will have some input here and there as we go along, but um, he is definitely a part of my life and a supporter of my ministry, a supporter of me. So just so that you know, you know, he'll be here, he'll be around, and you guys will get to know him just a little bit better as time goes on. In the meantime, we're going to go again to the book of Luke, the fifth chapter. And the Bible reads as follows. I'll be reading from the ESV version of the Bible on today, by the way. So the first verse reads, on one occasion, 
While the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. The word of God is already blessed Amen. One of the things that happens with us quite often in our Christian walk, for some of us, we become frustrated. And here we see, by example, that Simon, as well as some of his friends, have become frustrated. Frustration sometimes kicks in when something that usually works for you just isn't working now. Something that you may normally do well and have studied over the years. It's now difficult or it's just not producing the same results. Like for some of you who may be listening who are married, you've been married for a long time. And here in the last few months, all of a sudden there are waves or there are issues that you just hadn't had before. And I know that that's frustrating. For some of you, you're saying, well, my current situation Looks like I should be more successful at this stage in my life, at this age in my life. I should have more. I should be doing more. But something is just not working for me. And that's frustrating. For some of you, you may be saying, well, I got a word from the Lord and it's supposed to be my season. And the Lord told me that it is so. I heard that your blessing is on the way. The prophet came and confirmed what God had already told me. And, you know, I'm seeing all these manifestations with everybody else all around me. And it seems like everybody else is successful. But for some reason, you know, I got this word, but there is no manifestation. Or like, Simon, I've been out here for a long time and doing this thing, but I'm not getting any results. My blessing is supposed to be manifested by now, but my boat is empty. Why is my boat empty? What I'm seeing isn't what God told me. And that's frustrating. Why is this happening to me? That becomes frustrating. I already know how to fish. And here it is. I'm getting ready to just pack up and go home because things are not working. Many of us want to walk away. Many of us want to give up. Many of us are silently and secretly washing our nets as it pertains to our jobs. For some of us, as it pertains to our families. Many of us have secretly washed our nets. Many of us have washed our nets as it pertains to our churches. There are things going on and we're a part of different ministries and we're not seeing a manifestation and we don't know what's going on. And secretly, we're washing our nets. We've started tipping off and visiting other churches. We've started 
just being absent from services. We've started showing up late and leaving out early and we don't want to talk to anybody. We don't want to shake anybody's hands. I want you to know that you are secretly washing your nets. Frustration has kicked in and you're about ready to just be done. Well, something may be going on with you, much like Simon Peter, where you want to walk off. You want to get off the ship, no matter what kind of ship it is, whether it's friendship, kinship, relationships. Some of you are saying, okay, the love boat is already sailed. I'm done. It's a wrap. You can go ahead on. Call my lawyer. It's over. For some of you who are single, you're tired of kissing frogs. You're waiting on your prince to come in. For some of you, you're saying, okay, it's over. I just give up. I'll just be single the rest of my life. I'll be a little old, little old maid and... I'll go and get me a bunch of cats and sit on the porch and I'm just doomed to be by myself. For some of you, you're saying, I'm supposed to be on my dream job. I came into this place and I was gung-ho and I was excited. And then I get here and my boss is a devil. Some of you have decided, I'm going to just wash my nets and go home. I don't have to take this. I don't have to go through this. Well, Peter, much like many of you, did all that he knew to do. And what he knew wasn't working anymore. What he had been doing wasn't working anymore. So today, some of you need to hear somebody say, just hang in there. When you do like Simon Peter and just turn it over to Jesus, things just work out. When you stop trying to figure it out by yourself and just give it to God, when you cast your cares unto him, as the word has told us that we need to do, somehow things just work out. He makes everything all right. Some of us have to just finally get sick and tired like Peter. But you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. When you get tired of the status quo, when you get tired of your norm, when you get tired of business as usual, when you get tired of saying, well, that's just how things are around here. That's just how things are at this church. That's just how things are in my house. We just don't do things like everybody else does. That's just how things are on my job. That's just how my boss is. That's just how she talks. That's just how he talks. When you get tired of doing it your way and your way is not working, when you want to see some different results, you'll stop and do it God's way. All of a sudden, just like Peter, you'll be able to see an abundance that you've never seen before. You'll be able to see an overflow that you've never seen before. You'll be able to see God move above and beyond like you have never seen him before. Your churches will be better. Your children will be better. Your marriage will be better. Your job will be better. And I know that you've been going through and God knows you're tired. He knows that you want to throw in the towel. He knows that you just want to give up and walk off. But remember, the scripture says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You need to make up in your mind when your morning is. For many of you, your morning is when you decide it's morning. You've been napping long enough. But when you make up in your mind that you're tired of this, you're tired of crying, you're tired of going through, you're tired of being frustrated, you're tired of every day, your emotions are like a roller coaster. And you just need to stop and give it to God. Because again, when you just stop and give it to God, he starts to improve some areas that you probably hadn't even thought about. 
Your health will improve. The things you need will be on site. You'll go to the grocery store and there'll be a sale just on the stuff that you normally buy. Your shoes and clothes will seem to just last a little bit longer. You'll find favor even at the car mechanic. You'll go in there one day and all of a sudden he'll decide, you know, it's on me. I should have fixed this the last time you were here. People will begin to notice your gifts and your gifts will begin to make room for you. While you've been out there trying to market yourself and you've been trying to advertise yourself and you've been utilizing every me method of sales and marketing that you know to do because you want somebody to recognize your gift, all of a sudden doors will begin to open and people will begin to see what's in you when you just stop and cast your cares onto Jesus. All because you stop trying to figure it out and you let God work it out. For many of you, you'll all of a sudden see that debt will be canceled. Doors will open. And blessings will be chasing you down just because you're obeying God. All because you decided to hang in there. And you gave it to God. Watch what I tell you. You may be emotionally washing your nets right now. But if you just stop and give it to God and just obey and do what it is that the Lord is saying to do. You'll begin to see a change happen in your life and in that around you, those around you as well. Because if you notice, it wasn't just Peter that got blessed. It was two boats full. His friends were out there washing their nets too. And sometimes it's easy to want to give up when everybody around you is a quitter too. But sometimes if you stop and think for a moment, if you just go back and try it again, people around you will be more apt to do so as well. Peter listened to Jesus and Peter decided to go back and try again. And that blessing affected his friends, too, because remember, it's not just about you. You're blessed to be a blessing. It is not just about you. So today, I want you to be encouraged to just hang in there. Don't give up. I know that you're tired. I know that some of you are over it. And then for some of you listening today, you can't even relate. But you might want to put this word in your pocket because there may come a time that you do need it. If you're going along right now and you've never wanted to quit, then praise God. But you better put this word in your pocket. As old folks used to say, just keep living. Just keep living. Because many people around you right now want to quit. Many people around you right now want to give up. Many people around you right now are tired and they're frustrated. And you see them every day, but you don't even say anything to them. You don't try to encourage them. Sometimes you can just go and say, hey, God said it's going to be all right. Sometimes you can just go pat them on the back, smile at them, give them a hug. You see folks at church all the time with their heads down and you're looking at them saying, wonder what's wrong with them. So if you're not down right now, seasons change. But while you're up, go encourage somebody else. Go and give somebody else a word. Let them know it's going to be all right. Give them your testimony and remind them, you know, I just want you to know that God brought me out of a situation and he can do the same for you. Go and let some single mother know I've been where you are. And God will bring you out. Go and let some married man who is frustrated know I've been where you are. Don't give up, brother. Hang in there. Hold on to God's hand. He's got you. Don't give in to the enemy. I know what you're thinking. 
Go and encourage somebody else's heart. Go and encourage somebody else who is ministering. Ministers of the gospel can be discouraged as well. Go and tell somebody else. I know that you're on your journey and you're in your walk with God. But I know that you get tired sometimes. Don't give up. You're not preaching in the wind. Don't give up. Move forward with God. Do what it is that God has called you to do. Do what thus saith the Lord. You may be discouraged right now. It may seem like people are not listening. But don't give up. Stay before God. Don't do like Jonah and try to take the fastest thing smoking out of there. But stay with God. Hang in there. People need encouragement around you every single day. People even on your job. Have you ever thought that maybe your boss acts like that because he or she has issues and they really need encouragement? Have you ever thought that maybe the person on your job that sits next to you that seems to always bother you, always watching you, always having something to say about you? Have you ever thought that maybe that person needs an encouraging word? Don't you know that God put you there for a reason? Don't you know that God has blessed you and gifted you as he has for a reason? God has given you a gift to be able to encourage other people, but you're not using it because you're so busy noticing what they've said to you, what they've done to you, how they've treated you, what they didn't allow you to do, how they hindered you. Don't miss it. Don't give up. Don't wash your nets and go home. You are there for a reason. God placed you on that job for a reason. God put you in that place at this time, in this season, for a reason. So therefore, utilize the gift that he gave you. Hang in there. Don't give up. Don't just go and wash your nets and go home. So now let's walk through the scriptures. Looking at the first verse, the Bible says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And verse 2 says, And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. In verse 2, we find that nobody was where they were supposed to be. Nobody was doing what they were supposed to be doing. Because of frustration. Don't you know that frustration can get you off track and cause you to miss a move of God? Are you where you're supposed to be right now? Are you doing what it is that God has called you to do? Are you doing what God has told you to do? Are you ministering to the people that God has told you to minister to? Or are you one of those people, like those who left the boat and the boat is sitting there empty, not being utilized for what it's supposed to be utilized for? Are you one of those people that, that had potential, but not being used or not doing what you're supposed to do? Many of us are in churches right now where we currently serve, but we're half serving. You're supposed to be doing one thing and you decided, well, I'll just be an usher. But that's not what God called you to do. Is it because you're secretly washing your nets? Is it because you're frustrated? Is it because you've simply given up? Is it because of your personal life that you're ready to walk off from the church? Are you there on that job and you've decided, I don't have to put up with this. So you're not 
being utilized for the purpose in which God intended? Do you suppose that you're frustrated? Have you decided with your marriage, well, I don't have to stay in this. I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to deal with his attitude. I don't have to deal with her spending. This is not what I expected. So here it is that I have a boat or I have a gift or I have a tool and it's just sitting just like these boats. Go with me to verse three. Now we're going to walk through these scriptures because I want to make sure as the Bible says that in all our getting, we get an understanding. We read these scriptures all the time and we talk about when the disciples were called, but there's some very valuable information in here for those that may have a calling or those that may be frustrated or those who may be gifted and we're just sitting empty like these boats. In verse three, we see that Jesus got into one of the boats. Verse three says, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught, taught the people from the boat. Now, in verse three, Jesus did what he does with a lot of us. He got in his boat, but for some of us, Jesus has to get all in our business. Many of us know that there are some circumstances in our lives where Jesus has to get all in your finances for you to understand the value of paying your tithes. Jesus has to get all involved with the school teacher for you to understand that there's value in you going to the school and spending time with your children at school and seeing what they're learning and getting to know their teachers and coming to their parent-teacher conferences. Jesus had to get all in your business, just like he did with Peter. Now, some of us know that's been saved for a long time. He may not come when you want him. Because I don't think that this was a time that Simon would have wanted Jesus to show up. I'm sure he would have wanted him to show up before things got bad and he got off that boat. But don't you know, although he doesn't come when you think he ought to come, he's still always on time. Now, Jesus has asked him to do something different. Jesus has asked him to do something that's out of his norm. Because quite frankly, I mean, once you get up and start washing the nets, that's a wrap. You're you going to have to try this another day. Today is gone. That's it. I'm going home. But Jesus asked him to do something different. He asked him to pull out a little bit from the shore. Being on the shore is easy. But I need you to go deeper. Some of us need to sit down, be quiet, and let God minister to us like what was happening here in scripture in verse three. Sometimes we talk too much. Sometimes we can't hear God when he's teaching us or talking to us or dealing with us because we're too busy trying to explain our frustration or we're too busy trying to explain what it is that we've been through. We want everybody to know, well, you know, I've been through something. Yes, we all have. I get it. I heard everything that you said. However, realizing everything that Peter 
And these other men had already been through all night long. Yes, I get it. You worked hard. Yes, I get it. You tried your best. Yes, I get it that you're tired. Yes, I get it that for you in your mind, it's too late now. In your mind, it's over. In your mind, you're washing your nets and you're getting ready to go. But the latter part of that scripture says that Jesus sat down and he taught the people from the boat. So here it is, a boat that had not been utilized, a tool or a gift that you possess that has not been utilized is now being utilized by God to teach other people. Some of us need to just sit down like these folks and be quiet and hear what it is that God is saying. Some of us need to sit down and listen and let God minister to us. Some of us need to just move back just a little bit. You don't have to go too far, but just step back, sit down and hear what it is that God is saying to us. I realize you think, you know, I realize you think you got it together. I realize you've done this before, but I also can see that what you've been doing is no longer working. So now let me talk to y'all for a minute. Amen. Now looking at verse four, the scripture says, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Mr. Jackson, you have something to add here? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, it was there in verse four that Simon actually became a little frightened because of the deep water. But the only way you can fulfill your destiny and fulfill and to succeed in the many, many steps of faith is to step into the unknown, into that deep water Amen. where you can be frightened, but you do it on faith. But because feelings of fear, you never step out. So therefore, you never find out what you're actually capable of. We never know what we're capable of until we step out on that leap of faith. So we need to obey when God wants us to step into something new or challenging. Ask him to make it clear on what he wants you to do and then obey him. So guys, so ladies and gentlemen, just hang on in there as our title today. Step out on faith and find out what God actually has for you because what's for you is for you. Amen. What I really like about this particular verse is that Jesus says to pull out into the deep. So I agree with you. Not only was it an unknown territory, but going out into deep water, you find bigger fish. For many of us, God is getting ready to blow our minds. God is getting ready to do some things that he hasn't done through us or with us. And now he is getting ready to show you some bigger fish. He's getting ready to show you something new, to teach you something new, to give you something bigger. What you have been doing before was catching little fish. What you've been doing before was dealing with things on the surface. But now God wants you to move from the surface where sometimes junk collects, where sometimes stuff just comes and sits and smells, where big fish don't even hang out. God wants you to go out into the deep and be able to deal with some bigger fish. God is getting ready to set many of my listeners today up for something extraordinary, but you're going to have to do something different. It doesn't matter what happened to you in the past. It doesn't matter what you went through before. It doesn't matter who did what. 
It doesn't matter if your first time was not successful. Your first marriage might not have been successful. Your first child might be hard-headed as all get out. Your first job might not have worked so well. Maybe you did get fired. It doesn't matter what the situation is, but God wants you to step out into the deep. He wants you to move away from those small fish. It doesn't matter if you dropped out of college the first time. It doesn't matter that the first time you were expecting a baby, the baby didn't make it and the baby didn't live. It doesn't matter what happened the first time. God is saying he wants you to move out into deep water. It doesn't matter if in your first relationship they cheated on you, they mistreated you, they abused you. It does not mean that this relationship, that this time won't be any different. When God gets ready to bless you, all you have to do is obey. Now let's look at verse five. Looking at verse five, because some of us are very much like Simon Peter. The Bible says, and Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. Some of us are still trying to explain to God what it is that we've been through. Some of us are still trying to explain to God like he wasn't there and he didn't see it. Because we just can't get over what we've already gone through. We just can't get over what we've already had to deal with. But just like Simon Peter, you need to be able to reach way down into your spirit and pull out a nevertheless. Lord, okay, I, I've been through some stuff, but nevertheless, at your word. Lord, I'm, I'm hurting and I'm in pain. And they emotionally abused me. They physically abused me. But God, nevertheless, Lord, them church folks didn't treat me right, didn't talk to me right. They told me I ain't even have a gift. But God, nevertheless, Lord, them folks on that job keep hindering me from being promoted. They hinder me from leaving. I think they just hold on to me to make me do the work that nobody else wants to do. But God, nevertheless, Lord, I'm tired. I'm already ready to give up. But nevertheless, whatever it is that you've been trying to have a rebuttal with God about, whatever it is that you've been trying to explain to God why you can't do it, Whatever it is that you've been trying to explain to God, what you went through before and how you feel about it. Now is the time to stop having your pity party and dig up your joy. Stop looking for everything that went wrong. Stop talking about everything that went wrong. Dig up your nevertheless. Dig up your hope. No matter what it is, no matter what it looks like, make up in your mind to say, okay, Lord. Nevertheless, but at your word, I will. God, because you're telling me to, I'll be obedient. I've been trying and I failed trying to do this by myself. But nevertheless, Lord, at your word. Sometimes we don't think that anybody else understands. Or we can't believe that anybody has ever gone through this level of frustration that I'm dealing with right now. My frustration is different from everybody else's frustration. My pain, my emotions are different from everybody else's. But Lord, nevertheless, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll go back to that church. Nevertheless. Okay, Lord, 
I'm going to go back home to my spouse. Nevertheless, I'll go back and deal with my family member who keeps talking bad to me and mistreating me. And I don't even have to look at them if I don't want to. I have my own address. Because nevertheless, God, this is what you've told me to do. Dig up your nevertheless. Dig up your, okay, Lord, but that's your word. Stop trying to explain to God all the reasons that you can't do it. Stop trying to tell Jesus everything that you've been through. Stop trying to tell Jesus that you are not worthy and it can't be you. And just say, okay, Lord, just like Simon, but at your word, I'll go back. And it takes a big person to go back. Because like most of us, there is embarrassment. There is some kind of frustration. There's headaches. Some of us just have way too much ego. And we ain't going back for nothing. I ain't going back. I am not going back to that job. I got too much pride. And we know, as we learned about Simon Peter later on down the line, he was a bold man. So I can imagine his pride was like, go back. What? Okay, Lord. Nevertheless, just because God is speaking and God has already told you what to do. Some of you are going to have to swallow your pride. Some of you are going to have to ignore your frustration and just obey God and go back. Now let's look at verse six. One of the things that's most important to know is that when Jesus gets on your ship, things change. Verse six says, and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. See, now that Jesus is on your ship, you can get ready for a real catch. Now that you are walking with the Lord and talking with the Lord and you have a new relationship with God. Yeah, I know you thought before you had it all together. I know before you thought you had it going on. You were the man. You were the woman. But now, since Jesus is on your ship, you can get ready for what the word calls good measure. Press down, shaking together and running over blessings. Now that Jesus is on board, you can expect an abundance. You can expect an abundance of joy. You can expect an abundance of peace. You can expect an abundance of love. You can expect an abundance of stuff. You'll have far more than you even know what to do with. Once Jesus is on your ship. Once you decide to just obey God. In fact, according to verse seven, you will have enough to give away. Let's look at verse seven. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. You know, so I'm going to have enough, not only for my boat, but I'll have enough for other people. That's the good measure pressed down and shaken together that we talk about. But many of us have yet to tap into it because we haven't been obedient to God and gone back to do things God's way. We continue to try to do it our way. But I'm talking about an abundance that you have never seen before. You'll have the fruit of the spirit 
oozing from all over you once Jesus gets into your ship. Jesus told us, I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. So he didn't come for us to be here suffering and scraping and just barely getting by. I don't know what Bible you read to make you think that we were supposed to just have a little bit and be barely making it and be walking around depressed. The expectation is more than enough once Jesus is on your ship. The expectation is, is not just meeting every need, but exceeding every need. Once Jesus is on your ship. What does that mean? Well, that means that he's not going to just take care of the arthritis that you mentioned to him. But he can also heal you from diabetes and high blood pressure as well. He's not just going to heal you from migraine headaches, but he's also going to heal you from your stomach problems or your ulcer issues or your intestinal issues as well. He's not a God that's just going to touch one area, but we're talking about a God who is a God of abundance. He's a God who talks about an abundant life, not just, okay, you serve me and you just barely get by. But once Jesus is on board, You'll have more than enough. You'll have enough love to give. You'll have enough love to share. You'll have enough peace to share with other people. You'll be able to give some to your friends like Peter. All of a sudden, things will begin to change once you obey God and you're doing the things that God has called you and told you to do. There's a big difference. So now let's look at verse eight. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. God is going to bless you so good that some of you may be like Peter and feel like Peter and think, well, I don't even deserve all of this. Lord, I don't even know what to do with all these blessings. I got some issues, Lord. I don't deserve all of this. But rest assured, God wants you to know the difference. And when you're operating on your own and when you're operating with him. He blessed you so that you can see and understand the difference. In operating with and without him. He wants to be able to use your gifts for the kingdom. So instead of letting your boat sit empty. Give it to God. And watch what he does with it. And the enemy may try to make some of you feel guilty and try to make some of you feel like you're undeserving. But God is blessing you for his glory. This ain't about you. And he doesn't want for just you to know. He doesn't want for just you to recognize that this is about him. But he wants to use you an example. You, see, you remember all these other people are still standing around looking. All these other folks are still outside the boat. It's still a whole nother boat that pulled up. It's still some people on the seashore that are looking at this abundance that has come along once Jesus comes along. So this isn't just about you. But for all the folks who are around you who are going to notice that something is different about you once Jesus is on your ship. Changes will begin to manifest in your life. And everybody else is going to notice. You won't walk the same. You won't talk the same because now Jesus is on your ship. 
You'll have a different level of abundance. You'll have a different level of confidence. You'll begin to walk with your head up and stop wondering. Why in the world would God bless me? There is now no more condemnation because Jesus is on your ship. You'll begin to look different because provision is in the house. There's no more lack when Jesus is on your ship. There are no more excuses when Jesus is on your ship. There's no more trying to just barely make it and trying to make ends meet. Oh, well, you know, I'm here another day, another dollar, all that foolish stuff that we say. You'll stop all of that once you recognize that Jesus is on your ship. Everything that you need will be met because Jesus is on board. And remember, it's not just about you. It's so that these other folks who are standing around you can see. God wants to use you as an example because he wants all of these folks to get it. He wants all these folks to understand. Verse 10 says, and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, because that's all it is when we start talking crazy and telling God all this stuff. It's just fear. He said, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. And in the Hebrew Greek, where it says men, that means men and women. This is not just a ministry about males. Amen. But Jesus's ministry was unto all people. So he let them know that, yeah, you learned today about fish, but this wasn't just about fish. This is about how God wants to use you. This is about the gift that God has placed in you to be able to minister to other people, to be able to bring other folks in. Because that example alone, just with the Peter, people around Peter, was a prime example of what will happen when God is on your ship. So we need to make sure God is on our ship. In verse 10, we need to understand that if you have a gift that's sitting idle, like Peter's boat, maybe your gift is to sing. He now wants you to sing in the kingdom. If people naturally follow you, and want to be a part of your crowd. He now wants you to lead those same people to him. If you naturally work well with your hands. He wants you to be able to create things for the kingdom. If you're a contractor by profession. This is your gift. Well, God wants you to use those same skills in the kingdom. What gifts do you have? What gifts do you have sitting idle? Do you sing? Do you sew? Maybe you should be making the clothes for the choir or the clothes that are necessary for the mime ministry or the dance ministry. Are you a good cook? Maybe you should be serving up the food for prayer breakfast or for different programs that come to the church. Do you work well with kids? Maybe you should be working in children's ministry or in children's church. Did God call you to be a youth minister? Or are you just sitting idle? Maybe you're good with organizing things. Maybe the church needs a secretary. Maybe you need to help some folks that are doing programs at the church since you're good with organizing. Maybe there are some events that are coming up for the church and things that the church is 
excited about doing, but they just don't have anybody to organize it or put it all together. Is your ship sitting idle? Is your boat sitting empty because you decided to wash your nets and now things are not getting done? People of God, this is not the time to become afraid and to sit idle and to talk about everything that you've been through before. It's definitely not the time to become weary and well-doing, as the scripture says. This is not the time to try to take your ball and go home. Because other folks aren't playing the right way. Not one time did Jesus blame the fish. He didn't blame the boat. He didn't blame the crowd. God simply said, use your gift. You've already got it. I just want to show you something different. The Lord wants you to just hang in there. He already knows. He knows how you feel. He knows you're frustrated. He knows you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. But you had to come to that point where you realize that your way is not working. This is not about what you've been doing. It's not about you. It's not about your crowd and all the other folks that are hanging around. Many of you who are listening today have become frustrated because what you've been doing is not working. But you had to become tired of your normal routine. Many of us do things out of habit. Many of us have become religious. Many of us do things just because we just normally go to church every Sunday at 11 o'clock and we normally get out by one o'clock. We don't want the spirit to move because we got to get home and watch the game. We're stuck on our traditions. We're stuck on the things that we normally do. But God is saying today, you have to do something different. Aren't you tired of your norm? Aren't you tired of the same day in, day out? Tired of the same old, same old? You had to be ready to give up your natural. To add God's super to be ready for God's supernatural overflow in your life. You had to be ready to walk away from business as usual. Because God can't move if your mind ain't right. He's got a plan for you, but he's not going to force you to do anything. You had to be ready to give up your way for God's way. And as my brother said, you had to be ready to move out into the deep. Stop being fearful. Do what it is that God has called you to do. You had to be ready to give up your ideas and your concepts, your little plan, your little 10-step plan. Some of us got five-year, 10-year, 20-year plans, and God is not in any of it. You had to be ready to give up your thoughts for his thoughts. You had to be ready to put on the mind of Christ because the things that you were thinking about are not the things that God had planned for your life. It's what you had planned for your life. Think for a moment. What is it that you do well? Why not use it for the kingdom of God? Don't just give up and go home and sit down and wash your nets and just pack them up and be done. It's not that simple. I know that you're tired. I know that you're frustrated. 
But can you find a nevertheless somewhere down in your spirit? Can you find somewhere down in your spirit to say, okay, God, if you say so, I'll obey. Going back might not feel good. It might mess with your ego. It might mess with your pride. But remember, all of that is flesh. And we want God to decrease our flesh and increase his spirit in us so that we can be who it is that he would have us to be. You're frustrated anyway. Your way isn't working. You've gotten on your own nerves doing it your way. Can you find a nevertheless down in your spirit? Some of you are thinking, well, I, I thought I knew how to fix this and I thought I knew how to do this. But Lord, clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. Lord, clearly, my way is not working. Some of you today, right now, God is ministering to your spirit about some things that you've pretty much given up on. Or you just decided you wasn't going to do. Because you're frustrated with people and you're frustrated with the norm. You thought you knew how to fix your marriage. I get it. You went to counselors, but you didn't go to Jesus. You thought you knew what to do about your wayward child. You talked to psychologists, but you didn't talk to Jesus. You thought you knew everything about how to get a man. You read all the books. You watched Oprah. Brothers, you talk to your friends about all the things that you think women like, but you didn't talk to Jesus. Aren't you tired of being sick and tired? Aren't you tired of being frustrated? That takes a lot of energy. And it doesn't make you a very happy person when you find yourself frustrated. You find yourself in a negative place. Folks see you coming. Like, whoop. Here you come. Because you don't even recognize what you look like and how you're talking and what you're acting like when you've become frustrated and you've become tired of folks and tired of things and tired of the church and tired of everybody at home. You're tired of everything and everybody. Dig down and find the nevertheless in your spirit. Because clearly you don't know how to fix this by yourself. Decide that you want to do this God's way. Recognize that you can't do this by yourself. Recognize that you need Jesus on your ship. Ain't that right, Brother Jackson? Correct. Recognize that no matter what kind of ship it is, whatever the relationship is, some of you have poor relationships with your parents. It doesn't matter who was wrong. God is saying you got to get up and go back to that ship. I know that you washed your nets. I understand what they did. I understand what they put you through. They might not have always made the best choices. They might not have always done right by you. They might not have known how to be a parent, whatever the reason is. They might not have had the finances to do some of the things that you wanted to do. They might not have encouraged you because nobody encouraged them. And it's not an excuse, but somebody can't give you what they don't have. So if they don't have it, how long are you going to hold on to it? How long do you hold that grudge? 
How long do you decide before you're sick and tired of yourself being sick and tired the way you're just not going to talk to your mother anymore or you're just not going to talk to your father anymore because he wasn't there? Even if he knew to do better and just didn't do it, how long do you hold that grudge? Some of you have fathers who were not in your life. He wasn't there for you and I get it. How long do you hold a grudge? He wasn't there. Okay, so what? How long is that going to be your excuse for not being a better father or for not being involved with your children? Some of you are listening right now who are mothers. And you just don't understand your daughters. They're doing all kinds of things that you did not teach them to do. So you're just going to give up and walk away? You are going to have to go back to them. I know that you washed your nets. I know you packed up your nets, put them under lock and key. Some of you, you've decided to just remove your emotions from every situation. But that's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to use those gifts that you have allowed to sit in light dormant to go back to these people. To go back to those folks on the job. Stop walking around frustrated with your jaws tight, rolling your eyes at everybody and not talking. Whatever it is, God is saying, you cannot just wash your nets and go home. God is saying that is not his plan for you. He wants to show you an abundance of joy. Be honest, you're not happy. You are not happy. God wants to give you an overflow of love. So that means that you got to get back on that ship, whatever that relationship is. You got to go back. You've got to get it together. It's not even about them. It's not about what they didn't do. Get over it. Get over yourself. Put your pride aside. Put your ego aside. It's time to move on and get to where God wants you to be. And because you're holding up everybody's progress, it's all on you. God wants to not just bless you, but all the people around you. He wants you to move forward in your life. He wants you to have that good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over blessing. He has all of that available for you. But what you have to do first is go back. You got to hang in there. You cannot just walk away. You cannot just give up. When things look crazy in your relationships, you cannot just give up and walk away. You will not take your ball and go home. You got to stay in the game. You got to stay in that church. You got to stay at that job. You got to stay in that marriage. He will not allow you to just give up because the gift that he has placed in you, he wants to use for his glory. He wants to use it for the kingdom. Don't give up. You got to hang in there. Thank you so much for joining today. I pray that something has been said or done to be a blessing unto you, to encourage your hearts. I want to encourage you to just run on just a little bit further. I want to encourage you to just hang in there. 
Paul said he presses for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. I pray that you've been encouraged on today to press a little bit further so that you can receive your prize. If you would like to donate to Campbell Ministries, you can do so by going onto the website. That's CampbellMinistries.com. Click on the donate button and you may do so that way. Or you may email CampbellMinistries.com and text your donation in. You may also utilize snail mail. That address is P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi. Again, that's P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi. That zip is 39236. Please don't forget about your big sister's closet. That is our ministry for young ladies who would like to attend prom and may not have the clothing to be able to do so. Don't forget if you'd like to donate your formal dresses or evening gowns, you may do so by also sending them to P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. If your church or your community at large would like to host job readiness trainings and or job relevance trainings, you may contact Campbell Ministries by emailing your proposal to acampbell681 at ymail.com. Again, that's acampbell681 at ymail.com. And lastly, if you are in the Jackson, Mississippi area and you do not have a church home, please do stop by the Word Full Gospel Baptist Church. It's a mighty good place to serve. We just want to love on you. Come in and teach you about the Word of God. Our pastor is Elder Frederick Stewart. We are located at 3023 Percy V. Simpson Drive. Again, that's 3023 Percy V. Simpson Drive in Jackson, Mississippi. Thank you so much for joining. God bless you. Until next time. Oh.